let's get this out in the open right now. I am white. I have, and I actively benefit from, white privilege. And along with the rest of the world, I've recently become aware, once again, of the horrible injustices that Black people in America and across the world face at the hands of police and at the hands of our white supremacist society. Whoa, that sounds pretty intense. A bit more serious than what I normally talk about on here, right? It's because it is. And if I'm totally honest with you, I have been kind of hesitant to take up much space online with my own story of understanding my white privilege because I am totally not at the center of this story whatsoever. I want to amplify the voices of black people who are the power behind and the reason for the Black Lives Matter movement. But this podcast is kind of different. I know if you're listening, then you are most likely the kind of person who follows most of my content pretty closely. Let's just be real. My podcast audience is the smallest audience on all of my social media platforms. So if you listen, that must mean you really care about what I have to say. You've gone out of your way to know what I have to say about Instagram, marketing, all that kind of stuff, which I seriously appreciate. So thank you for listening. Um, That's exactly why I want to talk about this so honestly and openly and discuss how we can use our Instagram platforms and our other social media platforms for good. Also, since we're being so honest, this episode is directed at my fellow white people. I will never, never assume that I have anything to teach black folks about being an advocate for social justice issues in general, to be honest. I am definitely not an expert in the cause of anti-racism, and I cannot be a leader, only a listener in that space. However, I am aware that the majority of my audience is white. That is what I gathered from a quick scroll through my followers on Instagram looking at their profile pictures. So it's kind of an assumption, but I think it makes sense. Anyway, I want to use my access into this majority white space to talk very clearly about this issue that we all need to take more responsibility on. I think that it would be a mistake for me to not take this opportunity to speak more clearly on it and I just want to be clear, I'm not talking about this on my podcast because I know it's a small audience and it's less scary or whatever. I'm talking about it on a podcast because I know that if you come here and and listen to it, it's because you want to. I'm not taking up space on your Instagram feed or even in your YouTube subscriptions, though. Honestly, at this point, I am thinking I'm going to make a YouTube video on this as well because that is my biggest audience and I think I need to take advantage of it. But I just realized that a podcast is kind of an more personal way to connect with people and really share a message um, that isn't taking up space on social media, where I think it's important that on Instagram and those really public spaces, we are listening to Black voices right now. So that is my reason behind making this a podcast episode. And because I think it's the best way to tell you this story um, and to give you this message. So with all of that being said, Let's talk about how we can use our social media platforms for good and why if you posted a black square or anything else like that on your Instagram this past week, how you and I both can continue to be advocates and not stop talking about these important issues after it stops being trendy. Today, I've put my sort of process or list of actions that you can take to move from a place of just having discovered your white privilege to a place of action and advocacy. And I've got five steps today. So let's start with step number one, getting over our guilt. I want to share with you just briefly about why I personally felt that white guilt so strongly uh, this past week and a half or two weeks. 
When I first heard about George Floyd's murder, my initial response was not, oh my gosh, I never knew that kind of thing happened. That's terrible. Instead, it was, oh no, it happened again. Honestly, and it's hard for me to admit this because I know that it does not make me look good, but I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I've been aware of this movement since about 2016. I remember following the Ferguson protests really closely after Mike Brown was murdered, and I was very passionate about it then. I believe very strongly in the message that Black Lives Matter, and honestly, it, it wasn't even my first sort of awareness of racism as a structure. All through my years in high school, I was what some people called like a Tumblr SJW. So if you haven't heard that before, it stands for social justice warrior. And honestly, to me, that sounds like a kind of good label. Like, of course, I want to fight for social justice. But at the time, it was a way that kind of primarily white men on the internet, like on 4chan or Reddit, made fun of teenage girls on Tumblr who wanted to be um, advocates for social justice. And I was definitely one of those people. I was reblogging all kinds of stuff about police brutality and feminism and, um, you know, anti-homophobia movements and, and stuff like that. Um I don't say that to try to make myself sound good or that you should think, oh, I'm such a good person or whatever. Um, Just because I was kind of like, quote unquote, woke back then. People didn't even say woke then. But um, I I say this because I, I want you to know that the reason why I personally felt guilt, and maybe it's similar to your own, maybe it's different, is because I knew about this and yet here I still am. And I want that to sink in with you, okay? I was once a person who spent the majority of my time on Tumblr talking about not only Harry Potter and that kind of stuff that I always talk about, but like I talked about social justice issues and me and my group of friends were quite passionate about this kind of thing. Um, this was at the forefront of, of my mind at the time, understanding white privilege and male privilege and straight privilege and all those different intersections of oppression. Like I was very into that in high school and here I am. Um, at almost 24 years old, you look back on my social media over the past couple of years and what do you see? Certainly not posts about that content. So to me, my learning over the past little while has really brought up for me just how much I subconsciously or consciously, I can't really say like, but I know that I slipped into this state of complete white silence. If you want to know more about like white silence as a, as a term, as a idea, I would definitely encourage you to read Me and White Supremacy. I have been reading that book and that's really what has brought this to light for me, how much I have been using white silence to my own benefit and advantage. And I say this not because I want you to be like, oh good, Katie's realizing this. Like, no, I'm saying this because I want you to think about if you maybe are in the same situation. Because I know that many of us This is not the first time we've heard about this. Sure, I know there's definitely people on my Instagram feed that are just now realizing, oh my gosh, black people are being murdered by the police at at an alarming rate. Um, But if that's not you, if you have known about this for a while, um, then you're probably in the same situation as me where you knew about it, you were talking about it when the Ferguson protests were happening, and then for the past four years, you've kind of stopped talking about it. Um, And to me, that almost brings like another level of guilt because you're like, I was aware of this and I have done nothing. So why am I saying this? Like I said, it's not because I want you to like feel bad for me or think, oh, good for her. She's realizing it. No, I'm saying this because 
whether you never knew about racism literally before this past two weeks, which I find hard to believe, or if you're like me and you were once aware of it, once passionate about it, and you slowly got more and more complacent in your whiteness and your white privilege, it doesn't matter which one of those situations you come from. Um, and feeling guilty about either of those situations is not that helpful. Um, don't sit in your guilt. Your guilt will not get murdering police officers arrested. It will not bring justice. It'll just make you continue to feel bad about yourself and center your own feelings um, in this situation. So I want to encourage you to acknowledge that guilt, realize why you're feeling it. For me, it's because I had awareness about the situation and I became complacent. For you, maybe you're feeling guilt for never having awareness about it. Whichever situation you're coming from, it is what it is. That's, that's the past. All we can do is work on what we can do moving forward. So that brings me to step two. Um, how can we move forward once you acknowledge this guilt that you probably feel because you realize that you have been complacent in a racist system that is killing people? Uh, how can we how can we change things? Um, so step two, research and learn. There are so many resources online. Um, so many black creators are sharing resources for free. Uh, which we do not even deserve, but they are out there in droves. You can just scroll through Instagram and find content. But I want to suggest to you a few main things that you can you can look for right now that I have been reading um, and watching and that I think will also be impactful for you. So if you're feeling overwhelmed by the huge amount of resources out there, here's a few places to start. But I really do want to encourage you to go out there and find those leaders of the Black Lives Matter movement, the advocates online, um, actual voices of black people that are sharing these resources. Don't just read these because I'm sharing them, but this is a place to start. I'm just telling you what, what I've been reading and listening to. So first of all, um, why I'm no longer speaking to white people about race by Rennie Edo Lodge. She also has a podcast called about race that I would encourage you to listen to. This is a really great place to start. I know this book was popular several years ago. And again, I must admit I heard about it. I thought it sounded interesting and I did not read it. So once again, you know, we all come from that place of, of white silence and complacency, and we just have to move forward with, with where we're at now. So read that book. Uh, one that I really, really want to suggest to you is called Me and White Supremacy by Layla F. Saad. So I'm reading through this right now, and it is so incredibly impactful. It includes journaling prompts, which you need to do the journaling prompts. Um, it's, it's so important to think through our own personal our own personal um, complacency in this and how we contribute to it because I'm going to talk about this more in, in step three, but it's so easy to feel like you're not the one that's the problem, right? So read that book. Also read um, White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo. Very highly suggested. Um, but like I said, there are so many more, so many resources out there. You don't have to look far to find it. Literally just Google some lists and you will find some content. I also want to suggest um, a Canadian creator. I'm pretty sure she's Canadian. Her name's Rachel Ricketts. I found her recently on Instagram, and she has a workshop about advocacy and activism that I highly suggest checking out. I personally just purchased it, and I'm excited to watch it. Um, I just think this is a really great option because it's great to find independent creators online that are making a business out of doing social justice advocacy work. So this is a great way to directly support um, a black business owner and learn how you can mobilize your own own privilege to make a change. So check that out. 
Um, a documentary that you should definitely watch is called 13th and it's by um, a very famous director, Ava DuVernay, super impactful. And it illuminates exactly why this is not a new issue. So if you just recently woke up to the fact that black people are being incarcerated at an alarming rate and killed by the police um, completely unjustly, I mean, if you're, if anybody is killed by the police, it's unjust just inherently. Um, this is not a new issue. It is centuries of oppression in the making. And this documentary shows exactly why. It, sh- it shows a very clear through line from the beginning of American history to now and how the justice system in America is founded on racism. There is no police in America without racism. And this documentary will show you that very carefully. I, I don't need to explain to you why. Just watch it and the voices in that documentary will prove it. So that is just a brief list of places to start. But like I said, I want to encourage you to go out and find these lists compiled by the Black Voices on Instagram and whatever social media platform you hang out on. That is where I found these resources from, is from listening to Black people on Instagram. So go and listen to that because step two is about researching and learning so that you can have an understanding of what's going on because the essence of white privilege is that we are basically allowing ourselves to be blind to these issues. So once you've done that, that reading and that education, and you know what, none of these steps, it's not necessarily sequential because we're always going to come back to it. We're always going to come back and do more reading and education. The third step is to examine yourself. So as I was kind of mentioning before, there's this concept, white exceptionalism, which I read about in Me and White Supremacy. And it's basically the concept, which we're probably all familiar with to some extent, that we have in our minds where we think, oh, I, but I'm not racist. I'm one of the good people. I don't need to do this education. I already know about it. I'm so aware of the prison system. I'm so aware of mass incarceration. I understand, you know, how this history leads to the oppressive society we live in. So maybe you do have some of that information already. You can always learn more. And the thing is like you will never ever be able to learn enough to truly understand the experience of black people in our society in our world you can't you never will you can never read enough to understand a lived experience so there's always more education to be done um but i think it's a really great place to start is understanding like you are racist i am racist we have these thoughts in our minds, whether subconscious, deeply buried, deeply ingrained, whatever, just because you're not the kind of person that goes and, you know, shouts the N word or says all lives matter or whatever, there is still racism ingrained in our beings because of the way we have been shaped by our society. So you have to stop thinking, oh, I'm one of the good white people because I do this or that. You have to realize that we are all part of the problem and we all have a responsibility to examine our own thoughts and perceptions and dismantle the racism that we have in our brains. Because as long as we still have that racism in our brains, we cannot even attempt to dismantle it in the outside world. So you have to start with your own perceptions and realize that you are complicit in and are contributing to the problem if you don't recognize um that in yourself. So anyway, this all kind of leads back to just reading me and white supremacy because the journaling is very helpful and it it definitely is important for this self-examination. So that was step three, but like I said, step two and three, these are all ongoing things. The fourth thing, step four, take action. Now that you know so much about the history from the education that you've done and the reading, and you know about how you personally are complicit into it, you're probably going to be scared of messing up. And honestly, I'm also scared of messing up 
TBH, I, I'm worried that this entire podcast is just a self-centering piece of optical allyship um, and that I am actively screwing up just by making this because, like I said, I'm not an expert. I'm just trying to mobilize my own audience. But, you know, if someone tells me that it is, I'm more than willing to think about how I can fix that and how I can improve on what I've done and be a better ally going forward. So I think that is what we have to do. We cannot let our nervousness about screwing up stop us from speaking out about this because if you are quiet because you're worried about saying the wrong thing, you are pretty actively making the decision that your comfort and not being called out, not looking bad online is more important to you than advocating against police brutality and and racism in our society. So just kind of let that sink in and, and realize that. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not preaching to you. I am preaching to myself very directly through this because I know I've been complicit in that. I know that I didn't want to say that much stuff at first. And I know that when I started seeing people saying I'm muted and listening, I was like, this is perfect. I'm going to do that because then I can step away from Instagram and nobody will think anything of it. I think that's what a lot of us thought, to be honest. And I'm not calling you it if you posted that um, because I understand the good intentions behind it. But the reason I think why it caught on so quickly is because it was so easy for us. For all of us white women on Instagram that want to be supportive and look good, it was just such an easy way to say, I'm muted and listening. I'm going to learn and, and educate myself, um, but not actually speak to my huge audience that I've amassed. You know, I mean, I don't have a huge audience by any means, but I know that I do have people following me and they might not um, have learned about this before. They might not know what to do. And the thing is, they might not be following that many black people. And so you can be their entrance into this world of anti-racism and advocacy um, because you might be just that one white voice on their timeline that's actually talking about this. So, I mean, for some of us that are really in this world and like, already follow like lots of diverse people and have been hearing about this very actively from the start, it can seem like, oh, everybody else is talking about it. But consider that on your followers' feeds, there might not be a lot of people talking about it. So just try to prioritize being an advocate um, over your own comfort and like trying to look good. I know for a lot of us, this can feel like a PR move. Like, oh, we're trying to like figure out how we can like present ourselves the best way online. Um, but sometimes there's stuff that's more important than that. So yeah, like it's just, it is what it is. We are going to mess up. Like I said, I might be actively messing up right now, but we got to try our best. And the main thing is, um, even if you're nervous, you got to step out and share what you believe in. And, um, if you get called out just, just be like, okay, I'm going to try to fix that. Really, really do not fall into your white fragility and, and get all upset and feel like you're being attacked and you're the victim because you were just trying your best. No, we got to listen to people when they tell us that we messed up, especially if you are hearing this from black people or other people of color. If you messed up, just try your best to fix it, apologize, and do better next time. Um, I know it's hard to unlearn that because we are so steeped in that sense of, of victimhood and feeling like we need to be awarded for just trying to be a good person, but it's hard to work through. We all got to do it. The point of this is if you mess up, it's okay. You just got to do better next time. Like just, that is, that's all I can tell you about that. Um, and anyway, in this action that is ultimately going to be imperfect and it's going to be scary, that needs to include speaking to your white friends and family and look, I know that is hard. Trust me. I know it's hard. Okay. I've dealt with a racist family member or two or a dozen, you know what I mean? Like 
it is what it is. It's awkward. Um, and that's the thing as a teenager, I feel like I've built myself a reputation of, of being the social justice warrior, like the person who would yell at you if you said something that was racist. And that was definitely me as a teenager. And then moving into university and adulthood, as I like stopped seeing my family on such a regular basis, I definitely started leaning into that white silence and the privilege of being able to just change the subject or leave the room if people were saying things that I didn't like. And I thought that me leaving the room or changing the subject was a message enough that I disagreed with what they were saying. But I'm just going to tell you right now, it's not. You need to be really active in telling them, hey, that's messed up. We can't talk like that. And I'm not going to hang out with you if you speak like that. Um, and yeah, it probably will gain you a reputation of being the um, killjoy or whatever. I had that before and I'm going to have to lean back into that again because that's what you got to do. We have the power as white people in our circles that are, let's admit it, you know, probably 90% white. We have a lot of power to speak to those other white people and, um, call them on their shit, to be honest. So let's all think about that. That's a challenge to myself too. I want you to know, um, I'm definitely not perfect in that. and I got to get better. The other main thing that I have really personally felt convicted in doing is speaking to your white followers. I think to me. Um, so I watched this IGTV video from a black creator named Iverly. By the way, all the stuff I mentioned um, in the resources and Iverly as well, I'm going to link all of those um, people and resources in um, the show notes of this podcast. And like, if you go to my website, it'll be on the blog post associated with this episode as well. Um, so I was watching her IGTV video and she was saying, you know, stand up in front of all your white followers who sit and listen to you and tell them exactly what I'm telling you right now. And I felt very convicted in doing that because I was like, yeah, you know what, actually, as a white woman on the internet who talks about social media marketing, I have a lot of privilege in that I come across as relatable and unintimidating and approachable. Um, and so I'm guessing that probably a lot of you listening to this are white, um, if you're not, I'm honestly sorry for wasting your time because this is all such basic stuff to you, I'm sure. But anyway, um, if you also feel like you probably have a primarily white audience, speak to them. Tell them how you feel about this. Um, hold them accountable to taking action in this as well. So those are a few places to start. Another another few things that, that you've probably been hearing about on Instagram, but I want to highlight again is donate um, use your money to support the causes that you believe in. Um, I've donated to my local black lives matter organization. I would encourage you to find your own. Um, but honestly, if you just scroll on Instagram for like two seconds, you will find people suggesting, um, organizations that you can support with your money. Another way to use your money to support this cause is to buy from black owned businesses. So like I said before, um, like you could like purchase so a workshop from an advocate like um, Rachel Ricketts, or you could um, even just look for like, oh, you want to buy a candle? Like there is a black entrepreneur somewhere who's making candles. So like figure out who you can purchase from for all of those different areas of your life. Also, you can go to protests. I recently attended um, my local uh a protest a solidarity march for black lives matter and if you if that is accessible to you i would encourage you to do that because it really um it speaks very loudly um i know that's not accessible to everybody right now um so you have to do what's right for you but if you can um support protests in your area maybe just you know donate to them if you if you don't feel comfortable going in person because of of your health situation or whatever 
Um, another really big thing you can do is um, vote your conscience and also write to your political representatives and especially learn about your local issues. A lot of this discussion does center around policing and, and policing is a municipal issue. It's a local issue. So I live in Canada. Many of you maybe know that. Um, so our situation is, you know, it's different, but it's not all that different from in the U.S. Um, but anyway, like police departments are a local thing. So if you want to make change in, in how your local police is operating, you have more power to do that than you think. It doesn't have necessarily to do with your federal representatives or whatever. So figure out how you can um, take action in your local political situation. So that is just like kind of skimming the surface of action you can take in it's kind of a general list, but um, that's the kind of things that I want you to be thinking about. Um, and then also sharing about on your Instagram, because ultimately I did title this episode, how to use your Instagram for good or, or whatever it is. Um, and you can share about these actions on Instagram too. Um, but mostly I want to highlight that speaking to your white followers thing, because that is the biggest thing a lot of us can do um, online is even if you have an audience, you know, of a few thousand people, you can speak to them and and tell them how you feel about this and and help to mobilize them as well into this movement. So step number five is never stop. This is a challenge to myself, honestly, more than anyone, because I know that I became complacent. I was aware, I was educated, I was examining myself, and I still fell into white silence and complacency because it benefited me. That is the thing we all have to recognize to really become a part of this movement. You have to think about what you are willing to sacrifice. So for me, I have to ask myself, am I willing to sacrifice my approachability, my relatability and being unintimidating? Am I willing to go back to that place where I'm known as a killjoy as the person who's going to call you out if you make a racist joke? These are things about me and my acceptance by my audience, by family, friends that I have to be willing to give up to be an advocate for this movement. So that's the thing, right? Like if, if being an ally is easy, then you probably aren't doing it right because you have to realize that no matter how hard being an ally is for you, it's never going to be as hard as what it is like to live as a black person in our society because being an ally is not going to get you, um, you know, killed by the cops. Like most likely it will not. So just think about that. Um, and, and trust me, everything I'm saying right now is, again, not meant to preach to you, but to remind myself what I can personally be doing as well. I got complacent once before and I need to make sure that I don't do that again. And that's part of this being public about it is, is needing that accountability too. Knowing that, you know, in a year from now, somebody could call me out and be like, hey, how, how come you haven't been posting about Black Lives Matter recently? And I need to take that as a good wake up call and say, you know what, I need to do it again. You're right. Um, I know so clearly now from my recent self-reflections and my reading how white silence has really benefited me in these past couple of years in, in building my audience and building my business because it has allowed me this approachability and knowing that like as a white woman, I come across as very relatable and kind and sweet. Um, but I know it is so wrong to stay silent on these issues. Um, just like you may have seen on some signs, white silence is violence and we need to accept that and, and think about how we can change. That's one of the biggest things many of us are probably doing that we can work towards change on. So 
this episode has definitely been different than what I normally talk about, but I do think it is very relevant to how we create content for social media, what we talk about on social media and how you can use your Instagram presence, no matter how small to be an advocate and an ally. And this episode is very obviously a beginner's guide and it's as much as a beginner's guide, honestly, as it is accountability for me. Like I was saying, um, I'm taking a stand on this publicly now. And I am here to be an ally, to practice being an ally, um, to really practice allyship because it's not, it's not about a destination we arrive at or an, a label we can give ourselves to feel good about ourselves. It's a practice that we have to work on all the time. So I hope that I was able to share something new with you in this episode, or maybe if this was all like a reminder, maybe at least it was inspiration for you to mobilize your own audience and to reach out for good. And yes, right now, the conversation of the moment on social media is about anti-racism and it's always got to be about anti-racism. We cannot stop talking about it like I have. Okay. I know that I, I stopped for too long and we need to make sure we don't, um, but it's about anti-racism. It's also going to be about feminism. LGBTQ plus liberation, disability justice, colonialism, indigenous justice, climate justice, environmentalism, so much more. There's a lot of issues um, that I know I need to speak out about more on my social platforms and stop taking advantage of being apolitical and just talking about marketing um, because I have been using that to my advantage. And, and by doing that, I've been contributing to the issue. So I know that I need to change and I need to use my um, platform that I've been able to grow and I need to use it for good. So I really want to encourage you to do the same. Um, yeah. So thanks for sitting with me for, you know, about half an hour or whatever and, and thinking this through. Um, please know that like if you are also white and, and wanting to be an ally, don't uh, flood the inboxes of black voices in the space, asking them questions, asking them for resources. I'm going to volunteer myself right now. Like I'm obviously not going to know as much as them. Like, let's be real. I'm a beginner. I'm just trying to become a better ally. Um, but if you have questions, you can ask me and I will try to send you resources. Um, there's lots of other really great um, white allies in the space that are willing to take questions too. So you know, I would encourage you if you have kind of basic questions, you can either use Google or you can reach out to other white allies and, and don't put the burden on, um, you know, black leaders to to spend more time or just black people in general, because a lot of these women on social media that are getting huge, huge followings right now, you know, they're just other Instagram marketing people or other video creators or, or whatever they do. You know, they aren't necessarily activists and, and people are putting a lot of burden on them right now to give more information and to give more of their time and, and emotional energy. So don't do that. Um, you know, obviously I, I would never be able to provide as much as they could, but like you can, you can ask me if you want links to these books or if you have questions about, you know, anything to do with this, you can message me. Um, and I will try to direct you in a, in a good, in a good direction for you to learn more. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. And, um, I hope that we can all work towards continuing to not only talk about our expertise areas like Instagram marketing, like social media marketing for me anyway, but also talk about areas where it might be a little bit scarier to talk about, but it is so, so important. All right. Um, thanks so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.